Blaine and Mickey 1045 is on. What's up? Happy Friday. Hot dang. It is nice Ooh, outside. Nice. I got my glasses on. Blaine's got my, sunglasses my, on. My two-tone blue Titan. You have glasses. on like a hockey jersey that's a Titans jersey, but oh, it's yeah. like a coat. I, I, yeah, I got to show it. Show this on Zone TV. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so thick. Yeah, it is a little bit thicker. You know, as it got a little chilly willy out there. You look swollen now. You should wear it more. And then oh, buy me oh, one with extra pads. I need to look swollen. Oh, I look like I got my pads on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tighten up, man, so they can get ready for the Rams. Hey, this has nothing to do with anything we've talked about today, but let me ask you this. First guy I ever noticed was Michael Bennett when he played for the Seahawks. He was wearing, like, children's shoulder pads. Have you noticed that defensive linemen basically wear their shells now for some of those guys? Look, they're, like they're wearing like shells. It looks like it sometimes, man. <laughs> I would want everything you could put on me. A butt pad? I want it all. <laughs> I played in an era of butt pads. Well, well, got, well, the speed guys. The guys in the trenches, you know, like Big Jeff and those guys on the inside, they got to have pads. They got guys coming all over the place. <laughs> now, the guys on the outside, they're more finesse, speed guys, and so they try to be as light as possible. As one of the things I noticed, like, uh, at DB, like, Borders has big pads. He needs to change them to smaller pads. <laughs> Like you need to send him an email like, let me come down and show you a couple things. Just yeah. take the pockets, cut them out of your pants, and throw the pads away. Because you've yeah. told us before, yeah. shoulder pads, helmet, right? Yeah. Everything else you threw away. Yeah, well, I, I didn't wear anything. That's time went on for sure. Yeah, but, you know, my first couple years, though, I was padded give up. Give me all the pads. You give me a butt <laughs> pad, Franco Harris. I look, looked horrible <laughs> out there. I looked like I was in, you know, like Pee Wee or something, man. They were, you they were laughing for, at me and everything, man. Did you dump the pads because you look bad to your buddies or because you're like, I don't, I don't need them and it slows me down? Well, I slowly, gradually got to that. So one year, then I was just wearing the knee pads, no thigh pads. Okay. And then as soon as that happens, I get a thigh bruise. Then <laughs> 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 I was like, well, it wouldn't have protected me anyway. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't going to stop anything, but, you know. And then you learn how to not get yourself in those positions. Then naturally you get out of the thigh pads and no pads on your lower body, and especially as a DB. And uh, then you just want to make sure your shoulder pads are big enough, uh, depending on what position you play. Uh, being the safety, you want to hit, so I had to wear bigger pads than, than a cornerback for sure. I tried every now and then to wear some cornerback pads. Boy, I'd come after the game like, oh, man, my shoulder's killing me. What about when Jamal Lewis came to town? He had the shoulder pads the size of a house. Oh, man, I laugh every time I see him. <laughs> I laugh every time I see him, man. Because I'm like, man, you barely taller than me, man. <laughs> You look like you were a giant on that football field. He <laughs> those pads like were huge. Brown in those pads. I was like, oh my God, he is huge on film, on tape. You're like, man, what is, how tall is he? Like 6'2? <laughs> man, he nope. barely touches six feet, man, if that. 5'11. He's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, he wore his big pads. He said, hey, man, I was getting hit all over the place. So I'll just make sure it didn't matter how big they were for me. Well, I don't know how big of Adrian Peterson's pads are going to be, but uh, it looks like he is good to go. He actually spoke to the media. We had this off the top of the show. If you're just getting in the car, you're just getting acquainted. Maybe you were in a spaceship and you just landed on Earth and you didn't know about this. But here is Adrian Peterson from earlier today talking to Titans media about how he fits into this offense. Yeah, you know, just watching them. You see inside zone, um, outside zone, of course, you know, ISO. And those are all things that I've had success with my time in Minnesota, just my entire career. Um, so I think I'll, I'll fit in well. Says he will fit in well. Also, Lucas, I know you've got a little bit more sound from Adrian Peterson, him talking about replacing uh, the guy we call the king, Derrick Henry. Mm, you know, Derrick is a guy that I had as a front runner for the MVP. 
you know, and uh, to sit here and say that one bat can replace him, you know, that, that'll be saying a lot, you know. So, like I said, I'm coming in. We got a great group of guys um, in the running back room, and, you know, collectively as a group, we're going to go out and, and do what they asked us to do and, and ultimately to be successful. So, Adrian Peterson, Blaine, let's talk about the running back position. Let's say somebody showed up, a middle linebacker gets injured, and you got to bring in a middle linebacker, let's say a center, or let's say any number of other positions, maybe a receiver. Take any other position on offense and say running back versus those positions, how easy might it be for a guy just to slip in and, and, and play some plays and contribute early at running back maybe compared to some others? Yeah, I don't want to devalue the actual position as far as the acumen uh, to learn in the plays, but I would say that would be, as far as running plays, yeah. would be probably one of the easier positions. Because it's about your talent, your running ability. Once you understand the type of zone reads and everything they're running and the verbiage, then I think you got it. There's not a lot of adjustments besides maybe if they check the play out of a run to a pass. I think that's where it can be difficult, right. especially with noise uh, when you're away uh, that he may not know where to go or quickly enough to remember where he's supposed to go. Let's say that because you're trying to compare it to other terminologies and quickly transfer it over to the Titans terminology uh, for blitz pickup. So that's the only thing I think would be tough, but uh, I think it would be easier. You can't be center is tough. And then you're working in unison with the other players on the offensive line. So mm-hmm. no adjustments come at tight end and receiver. Like even while you're running a route, as you notice things changing immediately, if they disguise it really good, so I would say that's probably, and we all know quarterback's the hardest mental position yeah. on, the, on the planet as far as football. So, uh, yeah, it can't be mental. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. So, it, I, and I would agree. I think Vrabel tried to say all those things without trying to say that it's not hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's still hard, but it's probably easier to learn running back, especially if you're just running the football uh, than anything else. I think we have um, Mike Vrabel right here, Lucas. Well, Don, you know, Dontrell did that last week. He came in, met met with Tony. I, I mentioned that you just have to put extra meetings in, pay attention, and, and focus. And you know, I think for some positions, you know, there's probably less learning. You know, I think, um, you know, not yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like it, it's a, it's an offensive line where there's a, a lot of stuff or a receiver where now, you know, there's a lot of vocabulary that changes and formations are called something different. Um, you know, so hopefully we can get these guys brought up to speed quickly. Mike Vrabel from earlier this week. It, it's funny he mentioned Dontrell Hilliard. Blaine, you he brought that up earlier up. today. He, he brought him up today. Again, Mike Vrabel did. Yeah, yeah, he, with Foreman and AP. I mean, I guess because they're all kind of new at the same time. What, Hilliard got here a, year, a week before? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think he's trying not to exclude them. And we don't know who will dress and who won't, uh, to be honest. I, I thought Foreman, being that he knows the offense, would have a better shot of playing sooner than later. Uh, but you know, AP is AP, and if he's picking it up really rapidly. And one thing about Foreman is you know he can play special team. If you put AP out there, he either he's playing or he, he's not doing anything on, on any other teams. You know, he's not going to be on the special teams if he's not starting at running back. Right. So that's one thing that can keep him from being out there uh, quickly. So uh, they have to be all in that he understands their scheme and system and the plays. And they're going to use him. I, I would, I would, if I was guessing, I would think Foreman start off. McNichol still put him in his role. Maybe he carries the ball a little bit more, uh, and then you kind of ease uh, every other series or a couple series after, you know, Foreman or whoever else starts at running back. You put AP out there. They, they probably throw him out there, and he's doing well. 
I wouldn't be shocked at all. I wouldn't be shocked if he carried the ball 20 times and may act like it was nothing. I mean, th- this guy's, he was the freak of nature before the king. Right. I mean, so I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, he's in shape. You hear guys saying that they've run with him in the offseason mm-hmm. on the track. Yeah. That's where you live at as far as outside of the weight room uh, and yoga and all the flexibility things that they do. And he's running right there, stride for stride, and maybe ahead of them, as I think they didn't want to admit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, he, he looked good, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, we I worked out with fast, him. Right, we worked out. I don't remember how fast he was. Though. Yeah, he looked, yeah, he looked okay. But. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this. so I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table because when I watch him on film, I go, ooh, he is a violent runner. I mean, he, he is not shying away from contact. And if you don't bring the hammer, you better watch out because he's going to bring it to you. So you better <laughs> have that thing strapped up double tight. Yep. I was surprised by his demeanor. Yeah, he's kind of that way when he talks. He's kind of uh, but like, unassuming. But more like just relaxed. appreciative of the opportunity, you know, yeah. was worried that one wasn't going to come my way. I mean, he sounds like a guy trying to make it in the league, right? This is Adrian Peterson we're talking about. Yeah, but see, that's the mindset you have to have. It's no different than I'm always bringing a, a bag of it because I've always worked really hard just to remind me that I can I can have a nice lunch pail bag, but no, I have to still work to be the best that I can be. That's how these guys are. All these elite-level guys, they think differently. But it can trail off, right? Like, remember when Randy Moss was here? That was Randy Moss, but that wasn't Randy Moss. Well, I don't know if we could say that comparison is a little bit different. He just left the Raiders and did really well, or, or Raiders, and then the Patriots. The Raiders said he couldn't play. Then he goes to the Patriots, blows up. Yep. Then he comes here and says, oh, he, he, he can't be on the field with Brett at the same time. What? what? So then he, he checked out. He's like, hey, man, y'all don't even believe I can play. Uh, so I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the same comparison. My only comparison is they're both older Hall of Fame players. Uh, but AP is going to get his shot. He is going to get out there. They're going to see what he's got. You watch him on film. He's he's still got some juice to him. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, Halfway through the season, well rested. mm -hmm. No, nothing on his leg. I'm looking at this as this. You know, you know, whenever you get an elite player on your team hurt, everybody's rallying. Mm -hmm. This could be something that to make this a better in totality, a better team. When I say that is, now no one knows where we're going besides the outside guys. Right. Oh, well, we know we're still going to run the ball, but who's running? What's set up? There were gimmies we knew was going to happen. We're watching tape. We're watching film. We're watching the games. They are doing the same. Now some people may relax. Relax, right, Aaron Rodgers? R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> and they go relax, and all of a sudden, AP, whoo, and, and they're going to be like, oh, my God. Foreman, woo, Hillier, woo, McNichols, woo. Oh, man, I didn't think they, they never ran these plays like this before. So we shall see. I'm, I'm, I'm already calling my shot, man. I, the Titans, they Titans going to get two upsets. I'm getting jacked up. Titans and the Vols. Oh. It Vols in a blowout. Whoa. Blowout. Well, guess what? We're about mm-hmm. to talk about this Vols game with Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio next, yeah. and we're going to call our shot at 245. So yeah. all this just rolls into yeah. the next thing. So let's keep it rolling. Blaine and Mickey, Matt Jones, next.
Got an APB out for Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio. If you see him, if you're in Kentucky, he's got. I think he's got a sports bar up there. So if you're up yeah. there and you yeah. see him and you're in the sports bar, say, hey, man, I'm just listening to Blaine and Mickey. They're looking for you. Mm. And I'll have some nachos. Mm. Well, who's their NFL team? Do, do they cheer for the Titans? Who, who do they cheer for? You know? I think in, uh, in Lexington, it would have to be the Bengals, right? Because it's basically the same oh, spot. The there are Titans radio stations in Kentucky, I believe. Well, Southern Kentucky... Obviously, we'd have to root for the Titans because, geez, you're an hour away or so. But uh, well, if he calls in, we'll ask him that. I've always wondered that. It is I, close I, to Cincinnati, though. I, I, at one time, I, either I joked about this, I don't remember because I think I've only flown in there one time ever, but like the Cincinnati airport was in Kentucky or something. I, I don't know. Maybe I joked about it being up there because it was far from Cincinnati. I don't know. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe I dreamed that. I don't yeah. know why, but that just came into it's my not mind. not that far from it. That's it's not sure. far. But, yeah, Lexington. I remember – I told you this. In my younger days, I used to break into sports venues. I've been everywhere. I've been in the Cowboys Stadium. I've been in the old Veterans Stadium. I've been in. Oh, Va- I, oh, I thought you were just doing that at baseball stadium. Oh no, I broke into everything. He said broke it, Mickey. I didn't take anything. <laughs> I'll say this: you broke it and just walked on the field. Yes. What did you do? Go down there and just see what they were. Uh, Ran some pass patterns. Uh, uh, just had did to- you see what they got to see? They was you know. They put on the grass or something? I looked around at all of it. I mean, the veteran stadium was turf. I jumped up on the net, uh, the backstop, and my friend was taking my picture, and a cop ran out there and threatened to shoot us both. And I, <laughs> what are you doing, man? This is when Fred Barnett played for the Eagles, and I'm like, I'm a friend oh, of Fred Barnett. Barnett's. And oh. the guy was like, do I need to call him? I was like, no, we're not that close. Oh, okay. So you, so you talk about this is like this late a long 80s? time ago. Yeah, early, early 90s. Early yeah. 90s, okay. So I broke into the vet. I broke into Texas Stadium. I got down a hallway and thought i'm free and then i realized i was headed towards like the security office so then i had to act like i was looking for somebody i did the same thing at rep arena i got in and got down the hallway i've never been to rep arena and got all the way i I, when i was in bowling i I used to be a tv anchor in bowling green kentucky and i got to go there and cover a couple high school basketball games i covered the cats but we weren't even credentialed we were so far away i guess i could have gotten it but i covered them the year after they won the championship with Tony Delk and Walter McCarty and those guys. Oh, yeah. And I remember Tony Delk, who's from Brownsville, Tennessee. He has the longest arms of any, like, moderately regular-sized person I've ever met. Because yeah, he's only, like, 6'1", right? Six yes, two. and he has the arms of a seven-foot person. Yeah. He has, He was armed and dangerous, as I used to say. <laughs> that dude had amazing arms. Tony Delk was so much fun yeah. to watch play basketball. Oh, he can shoot the lights up. Oh, those guys are amazing. But yeah, I got to I got to go there a couple times, cover high school games, and like you you feel a tingle when you go in. Just the history there, it's amazing. Just what was the last places. stadium that you broke into? Oh, uh, I went down. This I, I was an adult. I went down to uh, the Georgia Dome when the when the Titans played the Falcons there. This has probably been ten years ago or so, Ooh. and. I had a friend who worked for the Titans in like the PR department. A guy named Casey Pierce. He worked for the Rams. You know, he was Coach Mack. Him out of the bus. <laughs> well, no, he didn't have anything to do with this. But after the game, I said, "I'm gonna go try to find Casey." So my wife was there, and she's like, "What are you gonna do?" I said, "I'm just gonna walk in that door over there." So it's a true story. I walk. I, I see people walking in and out, and I just started talking to two people and walked in with them. Like I was belonged. Nobody said a word. Yeah. So then I saw I Billy White shoes Johnson. Oh my! When he worked for the Falcons, and then I was like, control yourself. <laughs> you, you're like control yourself. Don't call attention to yourself because I'm not supposed to be there. I got no identification. I wasn't in the media at that point. I had nothing. 
as Lucas looks for Matt Jones. I can't imagine what your eyeballs look like. I know you got real. Because, <gasps> you know, like my face gets red and this vein pops out on my forehead. So I know that's what was going on. So I'm like, control yourself. So I said, Mr. Shoes, how are you doing today? Because I didn't know if I should call him Billy. Or, yeah. Or I said, Mr. Shoes. Mr. Shoes. I said, Mr. Shoes. Mr. White Shoes. How are you doing? He's like, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I was like, uh, very good, sir. Have a fantastic day. And he's like, you too. So he kept walking. I was like, gosh, I really wanted to spend more time with him, but I just, I can't. But there's, I, I found him again later and took a picture. But at this point, uh, I couldn't do that. So I just keep walking. I walk down a hall. I see like a, an elevator. I get on the elevator. I go down. I went down to field level, walked out on the field, like walked down a tunnel and went all the way to the Titans locker room. When they were playing in the Georgia versus Georgia. Uh, they were playing the Falcons. Happened. Yeah. This was, we, you know what? We're going to change all about the call the shot. If you want to call it, we're going to do call your shot as well as tell us any story that tops and trumps Mickey's breaking into a stadium. You got to, it got to be a stadium. It could be baseball, soccer, whatever you want it to be. Tell us how you got in and what happened. And if you ran into any people or if you got arrested, maybe, I don't know, but it was well worth it. I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, cause I've heard some stories about going into UT's, uh, you know, uh, stadium there kneeling, but, uh, yeah, man, that's like a regular thing that you did. That was kind of Sun your Devil thing. Stadium. Where, so I'm sure it's a lot of other people just like that. Oh, gosh, Sun Devil Stadium where Arizona State used to play. I've, oh, really? I've been all over the field there. Uh, took oh. a nice walk through their stadium one day on a beautiful uh, fall afternoon. You was that in Arizona, huh? Uh-huh. I was there. I thought, I'm going to go look. Everywhere I went, I would just go to the stadium that I wanted to see, oh. and I would try to get in because I wanted it, to see it, it. Were you amazed at, like, some of the stadiums were unlocked, huh? Oh, my gosh. Sun Devil Stadium was wide open. That's like an invitation. <laughs> I'll say this. That's well, because they were on a campus, so they, you know, they think people just come in where they want to. You've been there before. You've mm-hmm. been to Arizona. Yeah. Hey, man. It's, that's oh, serious, it's nice. It's serious business yeah. out there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice scenery out there. You're a young man, yeah. or old man, or any man, or any person <laughs> who's interested in nice scenery. It's a nice. It's, I've been to Arizona State and Arizona. I have to. Yeah, yeah they, they, it's pretty, pretty nice entered, out there. I man. entered no buildings I don't know Arizona. if I, if I would have went there, I don't know if I would, I'd be where I'm at today. <laughs> <laughs> That's no talk, man. There's no way I would have went to school. No, UCLA is the yeah. worst. They got sand, I, no, I volleyball, even, no, pool, no, old campus. This shit, it was crazy. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I've never been there. I, I, I don't. You told me about it. It was like, hey, man, you wouldn't believe this place. I was like, oh my god, this is like you on the beach. There's no way. I think somebody was like, hey, come man, here. That's a great academic. Play ball on scholarship. Yeah, come live here for four oh, years. Man. That it's was, like, I think I'm going to redshirt and stay for five. That's okay. Yeah, oh, man. So <laughs> Westwood. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. So we ready to call our shot? Let's call our shot. We got people online, though. Who yeah, want- about, the, about the stadium stuff. I know. Oh, I see the hotline ringing. Did we actually have Matt after all this? Is that what's going on here? No. We, we're dumping him. Lucas is Lucas is on with somebody. We have, okay, all right. What did he say? He, either he just gave me a finger or <laughs> he gave or you a thumbs finger. Up. Okay, I just saw a finger in the distance there. All right, Matt is on with us. Let's, let's bring Matt on. All right, Matt, we were we were going to our contingency plan, and then we found you, so you have to say this. At least one stadium that you have broken into in your life. Go. Broken into. I broke into Pinehurst for the U.S. Open once. Oh, okay. I don't know if that counts as a stadium. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll but give you that. Uh, when Tiger Woods lost to – Michael Campbell, I thought I had tickets, and I didn't. And so when I got there, a buddy of mine and I jumped the fence. <laughs> so somebody was supposed to leave you tickets, and they didn't leave them there for no, you? Is that what you mean? I, it was one of those things that it was stupid. We were meeting two people, <laughs> and he thought we had 
like it, we, he thought it was just me and then the other person not my buddy and so rather than him not get to go in by himself i said i'd sneak in with him ah gotcha gotcha that's, that's what team. we do here in kentucky where we have teamwork we don't throw our people under the bus like you all do in Tennessee. Oh, no, no, you don't. Yeah, I get away. <laughs> you do. I don't know who you're referring to, but it's definitely not Blaine or Mickey. Or no, I, mean, I could go down the list, but let's start with Greg Schiano <laughs> and go from there. Well, we're not going to do that today. We want to ask about good stuff, though, and that is, like, who's the home NFL team or majority there in Kentucky? Like, what, what NFL it's team? It's a weird state in the sense that there really isn't one. Oh. I think – a big part of the state are uh, like the Lexington North are Bengals fans. Okay. Yes, I'd say Bowling Green South are Titans fans. Mm. And then you get a contingency in Louisville that are Colts and now Ravens fans because oh. of Lamar. But oh, most, gotcha. you know, I own a sports bar in Lexington. And so we try, we've tried over and over to kind of feel like, well, what is the NFL team that we can make our bar? And it just doesn't work. So mm. we just kind of take the 10 most popular teams and do it like that. So, you know, like a lot of Americans, a lot of Steelers fans, a lot of Packers fans, Cowboys, but there really isn't. Kentucky's almost a neutral state when it comes to the NFL. Oh, man, you got to invite us to the bar, man. Come hang out, man. Clay Travis doesn't still work there, does he? Because he, as long as he does it, you are welcome. <laughs> no, he's, he's not I think he's doing his own thing right now. Hey, sadly for a lot of people, Matt, the day he left was the day I got hired. So uh, it's, a, it's a sore <laughs> hey, subject listen, for a lot of I people. See, I see him doing his pregame show in front of literally ones of people every week <laughs> on Saturday. So I'm sure it's going well. Mm. Hey, are you surprised that the Vols are a one point? Y'all can laugh out loud. Y'all okay. are scared are to laugh laughing. out loud. La- oh, I know no. you're laughing. Oh, no, oh, no we're, we're laughing. We're definitely right. laughing for sure. It's okay. I know you're laughing. You're trying not to laugh because oh. he lives there. Feel free to laugh. Oh, Clay no, Travis, no, 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 no. It's fine. I don't, I, I don't dislike Clay, but but I, you can laugh at it, and I know you want to. You just don't want people to hear it because you don't want people getting mad at you. The anti-vaxxers calling and yelling oh, at you. Oh, my anti-vaxxers, <laughs> no way. Hey, are, let's let's try to get back on the tracks here. Are, are you surprised that Tennessee is a one-point favorite at Kentucky on Saturday night? Because I'll say I was. A little, but not really. I mean, Kentucky just, you know, threw a big uh, turd out last week, and, <laughs> and Tennessee's played well the last couple of weeks. I'm not shocked. I mean, honestly, I thought Tennessee going into the year would be terrible. I thought Kentucky would be good, but not as good as they were early. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what to make of either team. I mean, I you know, there are moments where Tennessee looks great. I thought obviously early in the Alabama game, you know, Missouri and South Carolina aren't good, but they played well there. But then there are moments where they look awful. Second half of the Alabama game, Pitt, you know, some of those games. I don't know. I do think it's one of those games that almost any result would not shock me, meaning Kentucky could win by two touchdowns. Tennessee could win by two touchdowns, and I'm not sure I'd be shocked at any result. Matt Jones, our guest at KY Sports Radio on Twitter. <laughs> well, Matt, uh, where are you at on the injury front? Let's start there and then tell us what happened in Starkville, man. I mean, what? Really? Well, I think those two things are related. Okay. Because the biggest change in Kentucky is the loss of the two of their interior defensive linemen, Mark Marquard McCall and Octavius Oxendine. Those two guys played so well the first half of the year. I mean, Oxendine was SEC Defensive Player of the Week one week, and they were a huge part, basically stopped the running game against every single team. And they both got hurt 
McCall at the end of the LSU game, Oxendine against Georgia. And really, they haven't been the same stopping the run since then. Mississippi State just ate them alive. And so that that's really been the biggest difference for the team is, is that neither one of them will be back. I do think against Tennessee it won't be as big a deal. But Kentucky's weakness on the defensive front really is the problem. And then the other thing that happened against Mississippi State is Will Levis played the worst game of his year. Oh. And, you know, he's got to play better. If, if the, here's my view. If the Will Levis that played against LSU plays, and even the one against Georgia, I think Kentucky will win. If the one against Mississippi State plays, then Tennessee will roll. And really, I think it comes down to that. I mean, I would watch Will Levis the first two or three series, Kentucky's quarterback. If he's hitting the passes, especially the deep ones to Wandell, I like Kentucky's chances. If he's not, could be a long day. Man, if they get behind and they had to depend on Will Levis to bring them back, if they get behind by two touchdowns, you think he's capable? Yeah, but he'd have to be perfect. I mean, you know, I know Tennessee's been really, really good in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and, and and that's that's I think a key for Kentucky. But Kentucky's been good in the first quarter too. I mean, they were up ten nothing in Starkville. The issue is this: the key to Kentucky's success on offense is you got to run the ball with Chris Rodriguez. Chris Rodriguez, in my opinion, is the best runner in the SEC consistently. Now there are other guys that are really good, but last two weeks he hadn't been great. And, and, and why that is is kind of a, a topic for debate. But the Kentucky offense is inside out. You've got to establish Rodriguez and then use Wandell on the outside. If you don't have Rodriguez, then you're kind of a one-man show, and that's when Kentucky, it's really hard for them to move the ball. So we'll see. Again, I don't mean to you know be a sort of broken record, but I have no idea what will happen Saturday. I do think Kentucky has a couple things going for them. Sold out. It's been sold out for a long time. Earliest Kentucky sold out a football game in like four years. And it's going to be cold. It's going to be really cold up here. Mm. I think that's going to help. And I think these guys are really upset with how they played against Mississippi State. I've talked to a lot of players. I think they're focused. And then, honestly, you guys are easy to hate. The Kentucky (laughs) players really don't like Tennessee's players. I had one Kentucky player tell me, that no team in the SEC talks more and does less than Tennessee. And I think that's – and I don't say that as trash talk. I do think it's true. You guys talk a lot of trash, and at least against Kentucky last year, didn't have a lot of success. And I think that makes them mad. And then I don't remember who the player was this week that said something like, we don't a lot lose to, to Kentucky. Elante Taylor. Elante yeah. Taylor. Yeah, I mean, they, the guys on Kentucky thought that was the stupidest comment they've ever heard. And if I were him, I bet he gets a hit at some point in the game that he might wish he hadn't done. Ooh, they bring in the heat. <laughs> With uh, Matt Jones, everything about Kentucky sports, uh, he knows it. I guess lastly for me is, is, is this a must win for Kentucky? And like, How do you think they'll handle that kind of pressure, or do they even feel that kind of pressure? I mean, it shouldn't be. I mean, look at it. If Kentucky loses to Tennessee, they'll still finish 9-3. and three. And they, that would be the tied for the best record of my lifetime. So <laughs> Kentucky fans should be happy. But you know what? I don't think they will be because two reasons. One, the last time they went 9-3, and three, Tennessee beat them. And Tennessee was bad that year and still beat them. And that stinks. But secondly, for Kentucky fans, a chance to go 10-2 and two, 
I mean, Kentucky fans had themselves as an outside, outside shot at the playoff eight days ago. And if you lose to Mississippi State and Tennessee back-to-back, that hurts. Also for Kentucky, and I know this isn't true for Tennessee because you guys have traditionally had a better program, but for Kentucky, Tennessee is the rival in football. Now, in basketball, you all wish we looked at them as the main rival, but we don't. We look at Louisville, and to some extent even Duke is the main rival. But in football, it's almost the, the, the opposite. I think you guys look at Alabama, maybe as yours, but we look at you. Like, mm. Kentucky fans would rather beat Tennessee than beat Louisville. And so you don't want to have two years where you have great records but yet lose to Tennessee teams that aren't all that good. And that's why I think it's so important that they win. Mm. Right here from Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio. Matt, on the way out, um, Tennessee, you know, maybe their spirits are lifted this week because they concluded, a, what, a long investigation, spent a million dollars, and they, they don't have a bowl ban this year. So they still got a lot to play for. Were you ultimately surprised by the results of the internal investigation by Tennessee's administration? Yeah, I was really shocked <laughs> that when Tennessee investigated itself, it didn't find they'd done anything wrong. I was really shocked by that because when I think of Tennessee athletics, I think of an institution that follows all the rules and whose internal policies are never in question. So I was really shocked <laughs> that they would. It reminded me of when Dick Cheney was in charge of finding George W. Bush's vice president oh and he my. found himself. Yeah, just, That's kind of how I feel yeah. about Tennessee. Yeah. Investigate yourself and you go, you know what? I think we're good. Yeah, just tell us how you really feel, Matt. <laughs> just tell us how you really feel, man. I think you told us enough there. <laughs> All right, people can direct all of their ire uh, at KY Sports Radio on <laughs> Kentucky. Matt can Jones. Can I say something positive about the balls, real quick, though? In all seriousness, absolutely. I watched that Tennessee Pitt game, and I looked at Josh Heupel, who looks like he ate Josh Heupel from five years ago, <laughs> and I thought to myself, "This dude is going to have no success, and we've got another Dooley, you know, uh, Pruitt, Butch Jones, etc." I actually now think you guys have some. I think he's. I think you're, the offense has improved a lot. I don't know if he's going to take Tennessee to where fans want them to be, but I think he, you actually now have a coach with some promise. And after three or four four coaches of sort of deluding yourself to think this is the guy and they weren't, I actually think this guy might be the guy. Well, Matt, thank you. I'm sure Tennessee means a lot coming from you, yes, Matt. I'm sure that you touched a lot of hearts today, Matt. Thank you for the time, and, and we look. Well, forward. I mean, look, I, I, I'm just saying. I, 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 you know, I call, I call balls and strikes, and the balls and strikes say Tennessee fans are the most delusional in the country, but they deserve something good to happen to them someday, and maybe Hypo will be the one to do it. Well, Matt, we all enjoyed your strikes today and your balls. Thanks for checking in with us. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. You have always enjoyed my strikes and even more so my balls. Thank, Thank you. you all very yeah. much. Okay. Thanks, Ding Dong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. We'll come back. We'll call our shot next. Rudy yeah. is on the phone and will lead us off. Time for Call Your Shot on Blaine and Mickey, brought to you by Chattanooga Whiskey, available at your favorite Nashville retail store. Drink Chattanooga Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly. Uh, Rudy has been holding. I don't know if he's got a Rudy. shot to call, but uh, 
I think he snuck into a stadium or two, maybe. Oh, What's really? going on, Rudy? What's going on, Rudy? Hello. Hello. You're on. Hey. This is Woody, not Rudy. Oh, Woody. Oh, Woody. Oh, sorry. Woody, like Woody Harrelson. Oh, like, yeah, that's like, my nickname. Like Woody. Woody Bishop. That's right. What yeah, you got, Woody? Nickname. They used to call me that in high school. Oh, I got, I got a good one. 13 years old, me and my partner in Memphis, Tennessee, we lived there at the time. So, Liberty Bowl, Alabama, Colorado. We go up there trying to sneak in. We had no luck going to gate to gate, trying to jump. Couldn't get in. <laughs> so, we come to one gate, and uh, the Colorado Buffalo trailer was there with the buffalo inside of it. And people were holding on to the trailer. Next thing we know, we grabbed the trailer, end up on the middle of the field. <laughs> nice. Rudy in Spring Hill, middle of the field with the buffalo. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ralphie. All right, we got three minutes, Lucas said. So let's get to Kevin Ralphie. from Kentucky to call a shot here. Kevin, thanks for calling Blaine and Mickey. Hello? Yeah, this Kevin, you're on. You're up. Oh, okay. Hey, how you doing? Oh, Good. Thanks for calling. I got a question for you. My dad was the biggest UT fan in the history of the world. You know, rest in peace. Um, coming in for the game this week against Kentucky, I don't understand why Tennessee's favorite, I think, by three, or they're getting – Kentucky's getting three points against Tennessee. Um, seems like with Kentucky beating Florida and playing tough against some other teams, um, tell me what I'm missing because I just don't see Tennessee as a, a good team yet. Okay. I don't know if that's a shot call as much as uh, asking some questions. He told me on the phone he's calling that Kentucky wins this weekend. Okay. So Lucas uh, finished his, his shot. Oh, okay. But yeah. it's down to one point now. Tennessee is, is favored by one. I didn't know that. It w- that was a shocker to me. Uh, I thought they were. I thought Kentucky was favored like by two or something. At the start of the week, Kentucky was favored. It just moved over the course of the week. I, I yeah. think Tennessee's going to get them in a blowout. I, I really believe that. Yeah. I, I think their style, uh, and that's Kentucky style, is ground and pound, and if they get behind in this fast-break offense, which they will because Tennessee always scores in the first quarter multiple times, then they have to scrap what they're doing because if they go three and out, you know, Tennessee's defense is pretty solid, especially against the run. Yeah. They go three and out, then they go behind 21, then the race is over. It's over. They're done because they're not capable of coming back, throwing the ball around the yard and winning games like that. As much as they want to be able to do that over these last couple of years, they still can't do it. Yeah, and that's what Mississippi State did. That's why I asked him. He said, "Oh, they just stopped him from running." And now it was on the quarterback. He's not good enough. Yeah, threw three picks last week. Not good enough. Now, maybe they'll be at home and need a little home cooking. But that'll be three in a row if they lose three in a row. I know they lost to Georgia. Everybody expected that. But then Mississippi State now here at UT, uh, they they're gonna be out of the top twenty five real quick. I think Tennessee's gonna get them. I really do. You have two shots, though. You think Kentucky oh, and, and oh, 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 and the Titans. Okay, and a close one. Double shot from yep. Blaine Bishop. Double shot of Chattanooga yep. whiskey. Yep. Oh, there you, you go. go. Across half court. It's in the. It's in. The, it's in the bucket. Just like Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Titans going to surprise them. They're gonna. They're gonna run down their throat. They're gonna. I'm worried about the secondary. Mm-hmm. By the way, because we don't know who's dressing, who's not. This Greg Maven a, didn't practice all week. Yeah, you know. it yeah, we don't know where Jackson's at. I mean, he's limited. Yep. It was limited, mean. I mean, limited. I mean, really? <laughs> Against this team with these players? Uh, so I think they're going to still ground and pound, and I think the defense's front four got to get after it. They got to make Stafford, and I think they're capable of doing it. I think this is going to be a close one. I think the Titans are going to think they're going to win this one. 
So, you know, my record with the Titans is not so good, though. So. <laughs> yeah, I know you got me rethinking my picks now. Uh, all right, Lucas, what do you got? Call your shot. Balls win. think they match up well, like Blaine's saying. Kentucky's going to be able to run the ball, but Tennessee's gotten so much healthier. Their offensive line's intact. Tyon Evans mm-hmm. should be fully back. I just think they won't be able to keep up with the firepower. And Small. minus 12 in turnover margin, that's dead last in the SEC for Kentucky. I don't know how they've won six games doing that, but either that's going to law of averages it out or it's going to rear its head. I think it's going to rear its head in Tennessee wins i don't know about a blowout but they win all right i've been on the fence not about that game i think tennessee will win but what shot i was going to call but we're all going to either sink or swim together i'm going to go vols to go on the road and win in lexington oh this first time we all been the same never all picked the same thing lucas normally picks something like you know the two guard for the portland trailblazers is going to get the under on assist or something like that (laughs) six and a half yeah yeah and no nobody's going to live with me on on the uh on the titans though i think they'll cover it's a seven point spread well you've got two shots so they both got either count against you or for you with whatever happens oh oh that's how you count it huh Okay. The Blaine Bishop double shot. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, that's how I roll. Vols do one, I do two. Word. <laughs> Vols will be on this radio station tomorrow, and the Titans will be on this radio station Sunday. So you just keep it on this radio station and don't ever leave. And 3HL is coming up next. Yep. Go Vols and tighten up. And as always, on Friday, peace. peace.